You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Deion Sims gets cut as the Bears prepare to head into 2019 free agency, and everybody keeps wanting Antonio Brown to come to the team. I talk about all this and more on this free agency episode of Bear With Me. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to this free agency-oriented episode of Bear With Me, my podcast, Robert Schmitz, on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network. As I'm sure many of you know, we have a new podcast that's joined the brand recently in Bears Over Beers, hosted by Jeff Breckis, our Windy City Gridiron fantasy guy, as well as plenty of other stuff, and EJ Snyder, the lead draft guy on Windy City Gridiron. They released their first episode on Monday in my usual slot, talking all about inside linebackers, both on the Bears and, you know, potentially on the Bears in the draft and free agency. You ought to go check it out. It's fantastic. Of course, also keep an eye out for Lester Wiltfong's T-Formation conversation. He's always doing a fantastic job, and if you like what I'm saying, feel free to throw me a follow on Twitter at my new handle, Robert K. Schmitz. That's right. It's a little new. I figured I'd get rid of the numbers. It's easier to remember. Robert K. Schmitz, at C-H-M-I-T-Z. But anyways, you guys came here for a podcast, so let's dive into it. It seems like everybody's talking about free agency nowadays. I mean, I get that the season is over and that the AAF's, you know, interesting, but it's not, like, really newsworthy, certainly not about the Chicago Bears, but... Free agency is a little weird for me this year, primarily because the Bears don't have a whole lot of cap space. We just caught Dion Sims, so you can go ahead and give me an emotional high five for that one. We knew that was coming. And that brings our cap space up to about $11.2 million right now. If we cut Sam Acho, which I anticipate, but hey... Who knows? That'll bring us up to about $13.9 million, and then I think the Bears, believe it or not, are actually going to save about a million dollars if they cut Cody Parkey after June 1st. But, of course, that doesn't help us in this coming free agent season, but hey, you know, cutting Parkey, that's out there. That's very on the table. It's just probably going to happen later. But... The Bears don't have a whole lot of free agent needs. They also don't have a whole lot of free agents to deal with. And of course, I've already waited on the Bryce Callahan, Adrian Amos thing. For those of you who don't know, I'm big on Callahan, less so on Amos. I think we can get his replacement in the draft. That said, nobody can stop talking about whether or not Landon Collins cleared out his locker, cryptic tweets from Odell Beckham Jr., whether or not Antonio Brown is going to end up the next Chicago Bear. There's a lot to cover, so I figured we'd just spend an episode, just like y'all voted for, going through it and talking through some things a little bit. First things first, I'll list out the Bears' free agents, and I'm going to list them in order of what I believe is their priority. So we've got Bryce Callahan, Adrian Amos, Roy Robertson-Harris, though he's a restricted free agent, and we'll kind of get into that, and Josh Bellamy. Then we've got our second tier of players, Aaron Lynch, Pat O'Donnell, Eric Cush, Ben Broniker, Isaiah Irving. Those two are both restricted free agents and exclusive rights free agents, which is a little different. We've got Benny Cunningham and then another exclusive right free agent in Rashad Coward. 
Uh, then we've got this third tier, the people that I don't think really matter that much at all. Spoiler alert. We've got DeAndre Houston Carson, who is an RFA. We've got Daniel Brown, who I think is a poor man's Trey Burton. We've got Kevin White, who I'm sorry, he's got to go. Eric Cush, who I think is replaceable, and Brian Witzman. Now, Cush might be helpful if he can come back on a depth contract kind of thing, and Witzman, I would imagine, has actually priced himself out of the Bears market, but that's it. That's all we have. So we don't have a huge heavy hitter that's leaving the team. We don't have anybody we desperately need, depending on how you view needs, because I think strong safety is replaceable. And if absolutely desperate, we could have Sherrick McManus cover for Bryce Callahan. As EJ Snyder is prone to say, the Bears could line up tomorrow before any of this free agency stuff happens and assuming that Callahan Amos and the rest are off the team and play consistent and good football with the team that they currently have. This, to me, makes this season's free agency really, really weird because I'm accustomed to the Bears being bad. They need players, like any players that they can get, and that we're going to use both free agency and the draft to populate our team with those players. But as it stands, the cost of doing business, the people that we will lose, and the folks that we have to resign if we sign big contracts now that kick in later are probably just not worth pursuing. I mean, we've got Eddie Jackson coming up for a contract in two years. I talked about that on last week's window-related podcast. And so that means that if we were to sign somebody like Landon Collins to some cool contract similar to Bobby Massey's where he starts at a lower rate and then expands as time goes on, kind of similar to Fuller's, frankly, he's going to get $18 million in, I believe, three years. I think that that would ultimately hurt us more than it would help us because when the time comes to sign Eddie Jackson, we're going to be weighed down by this now. Now, Landon Collins contract. Now, of course, if Collins wants to play for half his value or so in a short term deal, one or two years, that might actually work out and we could replace Amos with him. But anyways, I'm getting a little bit off track, aren't I? For now, let's get out of the short term and let's talk big picture. What do the Bears actually need? Well, they need a kicker. They need, assuming Callahan's gone, a slot cornerback, and assuming Amos is gone, a strong safety. Now, I don't think both of those two will be gone, but again, let's put them aside for now and get big picture. I think they could probably use a third outside rusher, and if you want my honest opinion, I think it's about time the Bears move on from Jordan Howard. He had a very rough season. He put in 3.7 yards per carry, which, if you ask me, he should have been able to do a lot better. With Nagy's wide-open, spread-out offense, I think there should have been more running room, and despite what you do or don't think about blocking or volume, I personally believe that Howard got plenty of touches. He had the third most, I believe, in the NFL in his time frame this 2018 season and he just wasn't able to produce didn't even put up a thousand yards which has been sort of his benchmark where while you've been able to say hey he had a lot of carries of course he'd put up a lot of yards he has put up that thousand yard mark he set a bunch of bears records but I don't think he was good enough this season he improved a lot in the passing game and I've got to credit him for that he did a lot of things that a lot of people just didn't expect him to be able to do but I don't think it was enough I don't think things fit he kind of looked confused and lost out there occasionally I think think that there's better backs for the system and that the Bears should go find one. I also think it's worth pointing out that if you do consider yourself a Jordan Howard fan, you should probably want him to go to a team that's going to use him properly. Believe it or not, that's in a John Fox style system where you're going to run zone running and you're going to practice it so often that the line blocking is going to be the best that it can possibly be so Howard can pick his holes. I don't think that's ever going to be Nagy's focus. Nagy's focus is on the passing game. 
that's pretty obvious. And while we are going to run the ball, we're primarily going to be a pass-first team, and that means more practicing those passing plays. It means less practicing violent contact blocking and just generally less rushing efficiency unless you've got somebody like Cohen who's able to make something out of nothing or somebody who knows the system like Spencer Ware. But again, we're putting names off for a second. I want Howard to be successful. I love Jordan Howard. I hope he gets paid. I don't think it will be with the Bears. They're not set up for that right now. And rather than watch Howard continue to depreciate his value as a running back on a team in an offense that he doesn't fit with, I would rather see the Bears trade him for what they can so that Howard can get a fresh start on a team that wants him hopefully get paid after that next year of, I think, doing well, and then everybody can move on being better off. It's a tough pill to swallow, Bears fans, but let's all face the truth. Jordan Howard is a John Fox back, and without somebody like John Fox using him, you will never see vintage Jordan Howard again. It's a tough pill to swallow, but I believe if we can all take it together, everyone can move on for the better. So now we've got kicker identified, running back, strong safety, potentially some inside linebacking depth if we do get rid of Kwiatkowski for that two million cap savings that I know we could get. We might be looking for a punter. We need a third edge rusher. We've got some needs. That said, I do want to applaud Ryan Pace a little bit for having put together a roster that doesn't have any high-priced needs. We've got Khalil Mack, we've got Leonard Floyd, we've got Mitch Trubisky, we've got Allen Robinson, we've got Danny Trevathan, we've got Roquan Smith, we've got tons of guys that fill up a roster really well, like again, our entire offensive line is a great example, that are at their price point for exactly what they should be. Frankly, a lot of them are playing above their contract, and we can look at our team and say, hey, our roster's good, and despite what happens in free agency, it'll remain good either way. So we can leverage free agency to be what I believe it needs to be, which is a little bit of finding the right deal. The Bears are going to have to play deal or no deal to a degree because they can't afford, in my opinion, to overpay more than one player. And I believe that one player probably ought to be Callahan or Amos. But let's go over a couple of free agent targets that I think we should have. So I looked up CBS Sports' top 30 free agents, and one of the first things I noticed was that of their first 20 of that top 30, 10 of them were outside linebackers or rushers of some kind. And I looked at our team and I thought, wow, we've done a really good job to avoid that. But we still need a third outside linebacker, and I've got a name for you. And it's not even on this list of the first 10 free agent guys. I think the Bears go after Terrell Suggs. To me, it's a little bit obvious. The Bears are looking to find value, but not longevity. They don't need a long contract for a third edge rusher. They just need somebody who's going to do a really good job in 2019, and then maybe we'll make a decision from there. Think like Aaron Lynch this year. He was a big part of the Bears' defense and graded out really well in pro football focus, for those of you who care. But he's probably moving on from the Bears, and that's okay. The Bears are fine for it. Aaron Lynch is fine for it. I think Suggs fits that perfect mold. He's 36 years old. He's the 2011 Defensive Player of the Year. That guy knows how to rush off the edge. And if you pair him with Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack, I really think he's going to be a force. He knows Pagano really well. Pagano knows him really well after their 2011 Baltimore experience. I really think it's the right fit. Maybe Suggs, who is currently at about $7 million on his average value of contracts, takes about a $3 million pay cut so that he can come play for the Bears and compete for a Super Bowl. He's won one before, but it wouldn't shock me if he wants to make that run again. 
After all, NFL players love winning. Moving on to running backs, there's a whole lot of running backs out there, like Jay Ajayi, Alfred Blue, of course we've got Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore is, I don't know how he keeps playing, but he does, Doug Martin, Latavius Murray, a lot of guys are, that are out there that are bigger names that have done well in various systems, or they've been a lead back before, but believe it or not, the two that I think that we need to target are TJ Yeldon and Spencer Ware. Maybe Ty Montgomery as well, but I really don't like the idea of getting a former Packer, but hey, to each their own, right? The main reason that I'm so sold on Yeldon and Ware is that both of these guys had as many receptions as they did rushing yards, despite, in Ware's case especially, having been the feature back at one point. I think that's what we need. If we're going to move on from Howard, I would imagine that we'll probably want a veteran that's going to be able to take the lead back role because a rookie can't just step in and be the lead back. I understand that that's exactly what KC did with Kareem Hunt, but I don't think that trusting a rookie with basically your entire ground game is any less of a gamble now than it was then just because Kareem Hunt worked out. A lot is on pace in that sense to pick the right running back, but if you get somebody like Ware or Yeldon, I really think you can get solid production out of these guys, especially the biggest thing is that they'll come fairly cheap. I expect Yeldon or Ware to average about two, maybe three million dollars. Four would be pushing it for me. It's the big reason you didn't hear me mention Tevin Coleman, who would be a perfect fit in this Bears offense, but I tend to think he's going to want more money, much like Jarek McKinnon about last year. So with Yeldon especially, I think you've got a guy in Jacksonville who played in a terrible system that wasn't built for him. They wanted a power back. Their quarterback, Blake Bortles, has been terrible, and there's no way around it. So Yeldon, who's as good a receiver as he is a running back, hasn't really gotten the chance to shine in a system that features his strengths. I think that's what he would have in Nagy. Now granted... I'm not suggesting that TJ Yeldon, should he come to the Bears, would suddenly be worth handing 18 carries to and probably pop off 1,000 yards. I'm suggesting that he would be good, that he would complement Cohen well. Every Bears running back that plays in this offense has to be a quality receiver. There's no way around it. And Spencer Ware, TJ Yeldon, and again, maybe Ty Montgomery, I trust them to be as good a receiver as they are a running back. And in Ware's case, you've got the added bonus that this guy played for Matt Nagy at one point. So he already knows the system and he can coach up any rookie that comes along. This would give us a mentor in the running back room to pair with the absolutely electric Tariq Cohen and probably a rookie back that's also going to get his fair share of carries. Yeah, it'd be running back by committee, but that's not always a bad thing, especially when everybody is a weapon. Tariq Cohen, in my opinion, is best used sparingly. He's best used in ways where the defense has to account for him, but he doesn't always get the ball, much like Darren Sproles. For Ware in particular to get signed, since he's 27, missed 2017 with a knee injury, and had hammy issues in 2018, he'd probably have to prove that he's doing better in terms of his health than he has been, which is part of why I lean towards Yeldon. Another potential running back that I've heard thrown around, this one by EJ a while ago, is Duke Johnson. With the Browns having picked up Kareem Hunt and already having Nick Chubb, who tore it up last year, there's almost no reason for Johnson, who's a very talented receiving back in his own right, to be on the Browns. It makes people wonder, what if the Bears traded almost nothing to go get this guy? I would imagine that they probably could. So that's an outside name that might help out in the running back room. The Bears need better production out of their running backs, which is part of why I've talked so much about it so far. So whether it's Yeldon, Ware, 
Duke Johnson, maybe Ty Montgomery, or some other move like that, especially drafting a running back, I imagine that the Bears are going to upgrade their running back room. And then there's our issue at kicker. So if you've lived under a rock, then let me let you know that the Bears' Cody Parkey did not have a very good season this year, despite being a highly paid kicker that had done fairly well in all of his other stops. This is what makes kicking so tough to scout. You give a guy big money, you take him out of his comfort zone, and suddenly he kicks absolutely terribly and there's no way to around it. I mean, I would love for the Bears to fix this by throwing some money at the issue, but that doesn't always solve everything. I want the Bears, I desperately want the Bears to re-sign Robbie Gould, but I don't think we'll get the chance, which is part of why I'm just not going to bother talking about it. More than that, I guess. He loves Chicago, we love him, and we're kind of cursed by his legacy. So while I'd love to sign him, San Francisco has to let him go first. The trouble with kicking is let's take a look at Robbie Gould's stats for a second to really discuss what makes it so difficult. So when Robbie Gould was at Penn State, he averaged at a 63.9% kicking percentage. He kicked 60% his freshman year, 77.3% his sophomore year, 56.3% his junior year, and 53.8% his senior year. If you're hearing that like I am, it actually looks like he got worse his junior and senior year, and lo and behold, the guy comes out, he has this really long, wonderful NFL career, and is now considered an NFL legend. How do you get that out of those statistics? The dude's kicked over 80% tons and tons of times in the NFL, and his college statistics had absolutely nothing of the sort that suggested that. What do you do? So then you look at the AAF and you've got these kickers like Nick Rose, Nick Folk, and plenty of others that are knocking down 53-yard field goals without any extra points or kickoffs to deal with. And I look at these guys and I say to myself, well, heck, the Bears should be able to find a UFA kicker. They should. They shouldn't have to throw money at this position. We've got to bring in a ton of guys. I don't even know who this most recent guy we brought in is. But we've got to bring in just a ton of guys, try them out, and find the next Cairo Santos. Find the next Steven Hoshka. Find the next guy who's going to be a big name because, oh, that's the guy who kicked for the Bears and he kicked really well. You know what I mean. I know this is a lot to ask to just say, hey, Pace, fix it. But we're kind of at that point. We've tried the veteran stopgap in Barth. We've tried the big money solution in Cody Parkey. It's about time we just go young and find some kid, throw him into the stew pot, and see if he's going to cook. Because that's about where we are right now. It can't get too much worse than the Barth-Parkey situation. And considering the season he just had, I don't think Parkey's going to do nearly as well as he did this year next year. That's right. Parkey had a bad season this year, and I don't think he'll do any better next year. I think he'll frankly do worse because he now knows that he's in a city where as soon as he misses a kick, all the fans are going to boo him ruthlessly, and there's just no way around that. It's tough, but, I mean, that's where we are. Pat O'Donnell, I could see us bringing back. Again, I think Aaron Lynch is gone, and all the ERFAs and RFAs are coming back. So I think we'll get Coward back, Broniker back. I think probably, I, I, we know we may let go of DHC, but the other big name that I want back for the Bears is actually Josh Bellamy. The guy's a baller on special teams. I'm a big fan of what he and Sherrick McManus do week in and week out, and he's actually always been a pretty good receiver in my eyes. The number one thing that you can do, and I talked a lot about this in my Anthony Miller breakdown, 
was get open as a receiver. That's, to me, the most important thing you can do. Of course, you have to be able to catch the football, but if you're never open, you're never going to get thrown to, and your hands don't matter anymore. Josh Bellamy, as we all know, had a terrible 2016 in terms of very high-profile drops, many of which, more than one of which, lost the Bears' football games. It's tough, it sucks, but he grew from it, and he's got resiliency, he's been around for a while, I love him, the players seem to love him, so I think we keep him. But yeah, I really don't think the Bears are going to be big players in free agency. I don't think they have the money to, and I think they're going to focus on re-signing their own guys and taking this 2018 team into 2019, all with a year of experience. So guys like D. Ford, C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, Anthony Barr, Donovan Smith, Earl Thomas, like these kinds of guys that are just huge names, Demarcus Lawrence, Trey Flowers, Jadavian Clowney, I don't think the Bears are going to touch them. They don't have the money to do it. They don't have the need. They've got their Jadavian Clowney in Khalil Mack, so I don't think they're looking for another one, especially not at Clowney's probable price tag anytime soon. Now, there's one trade that I keep hearing bandied about as far as Chicago Bears circles, and that's the Bears potentially being a landing spot for Pittsburgh's Antonio Brown. I think that's ridiculous, guys. I don't think that's going to happen. I think if you want that to happen, you should ask yourself why. So I get that Antonio Brown is a phenomenal receiver. I love him, actually, as a player. He's one of my favorites. I like his attitude. I like his moxie. I love his ability to get open. I see him and Anthony Miller as very similar types of players. They are just savants in terms of getting open, being fast enough. Neither of them is wildly fast, but they're both very tough, very good route runners with reliable hands that are willing to go anywhere on the field at any time to make any play at all. It's great. And especially great when your quarterback can develop chemistry with them because then, in Ben's case, the metaphor that I know I've used before is that you could blindfold Big Ben, spin him around till he's dizzy, hang him upside down, and then drop him, and on his way down, he could probably find Antonio Brown in the end zone 45 yards away streaking. That's just the mental connection they have. I think that Trubisky could get there with Miller, and those guys could be fantastic. But... We have to take the bigger picture approach on Miller as to why I don't think he fits with the Bears. My number one reason that Antonio Brown doesn't make any sense as a Chicago Bear is actually that I don't think Pittsburgh has enough reason to give him up to not charge a massive premium I'm giving this guy away. So to make room for the Le'Veon Bell contract that Pittsburgh did not end up giving Bell, they converted all. And I'm talking all of Antonio Brown's base salary into a signing bonus. This means that regardless of what happens with Antonio Brown, assuming that the Steelers either cut or trade the guy, they're going to eat about $20 million in dead cap. That, of course, means they're going to want compensation for this $20 million player that isn't playing on their team. I really don't think that the Steelers are going to give him away for free. So that means that the Bears are probably going to have to part with next year's second round pick. Wouldn't shock me if they have to give up the 2021 first, maybe even a 2021 second, or a player going back the other way. I don't know what it would look like, but I think ultimately it would be too expensive. Not to mention that if you had Antonio Brown on the field, one of your receivers is now kind of a waste. I already think that the Bears are in enough of a logjam at receiver, given that they've got Anthony Miller, who I think is a beast, Taylor Gabriel, who's a great player in his own right, we'll call him good, uh, and Allen Robinson, who I thought had a fantastic season, first season as Chicago Bear, and I think he'll get better too. If you add Brown to the mix, one of those guys doesn't get the playing time that they deserve. If it's Miller, that's going to hinder his development. 
If it's Gabriel, you're wasting his $7 million contract. If it's Robinson, you're wasting his $15 million contract. And at that point, you've already thrown out Javon Wims, who I think is a solid player and has actual growth potential. So the logjam that he'd create is my second major reason that I think that Brown is ultimately a poor fit with the Bears. If he comes to the Bears, we kind of don't have a place to put him. We have to teach him an offensive system. And because he takes playing time from others, he either stunts growth potential or immediately devalues the other receiver contracts that we already have. I honestly believe that these two reasons are strong enough that I don't need to bring up any of the diva stuff or off-field issues that I know a lot of y'all think are really, really nasty. I'm a-okay with the players speaking out as long as they back it up with their own play. And I fully believe Antonio Brown can back up anything that he wants to do on a football field. The trouble is, I think that there are too many teams out there that are going to want to be a bigger player for Antonio Brown than the Bears will be this season. With that in mind, I just don't think it's worth our time and effort to even consider Brown coming to the team because it'll have a lot of positives but some negatives. He's a better fit for other teams. I haven't done research on what those teams are, and I really don't think the Bears are ready to get into a bidding war over an extra receiving asset when we've got a pretty good receiving core in our own right. It isn't the best receiving core ever. There might be better receiving cores around the league, but it's what we need right now. Experienced guys in the system who know Mitch's tendencies and Mitch knows theirs. That's what we want from receivers. So to sum it all up for y'all, I think my biggest takeaway as far as the Bears and free agency go are that between the draft class, the 53-man roster that we've got assigned, and one of Adrian Amos or Bryce Callahan, I just don't think the Bears have the money to be particularly big players in free agency. I think their splash signing, so to speak, is going to be a running back so that they could potentially get rid of Jordan Howard. That's just my opinion. And that guys like Taran Matthew, the Honey Badger, or Ronald Darby, these other big-named cornerbacks or strong safe that we could potentially have replace one of those two are just going to be too expensive for what we as the Bears are going to be able to pay. I believe that we're probably going to be starting a rookie at some point next year. Either that or Deion Bush is going to play a lot of strong safety. It's going to be one of the two in my opinion, and I tend to think it's going to be that latter one with Bush taking up some playing time. So I don't think you should end up wasting too much time looking at safeties. I don't think you should think too hard about your next nickel corner that you're going to get unless we fail to sign Bryce Callahan, which at this point would floor me, but that's just between you and me. I think Terrell Suggs is still an option, and I'll repeat his name a lot because I think he's great and that he fits in perfectly with what the Bears are wanting to do, and that he might be exactly that kind of guy to come along with a Yeldon or a Spencer Ware and play for slightly cheaper than they might be worth with an intent to win a Super Bowl. That's what the Bears are gunning for in 2019, a Super Bowl. So you're going to see us max out our cap one way or another. And there you have it, folks. That's my take on free agency. The big names, one more time to recap, are going to be Bryce Callahan, I think, Josh Bellamy, a running back, and Terrell Suggs, because that's about all we have room to pay for. I think you'll see Sam Ocho and a couple other guys get cut. If Long gets restructured, a little more may happen. But I'm operating under the assumption that that doesn't happen, because that's one of those things that I'm just going to have to see it to really believe it. Tune in next week because I've got a good one planned for y'all. Jeff Brickus from Bears Over Beers and I are going to team up to do what we've called the Bearskers. It's the Oscars for the Bears. We'll give out some end-of-season awards, really tie up this league year, this 2018 season that was so wonderful to watch, and point out some great things and maybe some not-so-great things. It'll be a great time. 
As always, you can find me over at Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And until next Monday morning, bear down, folks, and thanks so much for bearing with me. <laughs>